You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident fanalist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore dadayow. So I'm really, really excited about this because this is not a On This Day in History from 2018. This is actually an On This Day in History from 2017. It is the oldest episode that I can really uncover. I've got a couple on my laptop, but there's a bunch that are just gone, and I'm worried they're gone forever. I don't know where they are. But 12-4 of 2017 is the oldest episode I have on my computer. And so we're going back two years. This is one day after the Packers' overtime win against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to go to 6-6. Six and six. You can also tell the difference in my podcasting. I think energy was kind of the biggest thing. This was So 2017 would have been my first year. So I had been at this probably, let's see, I started maybe in October. So two months-ish maybe three at the most and uh, I found some of my first episodes on a different platform and it was just the worst I was not I mean you're nobody's ever going to hear those again if I find them I'm going to burn them so this is the first when I'm probably starting to get into a rhythm but I'm not quite here yet and it's whatever it's not so bad that it's cringy but you can just tell the the difference in uh, whatever but it is kind of cool you get a little bit of the insights you know talking about Jordy Nelson and it, it's funny because you know when he left it was like what are you getting rid of Jordy for but in right away at the beginning of the episode it's like I don't know what the deal is with Jordy this isn't good enough um, but you know just in general it's, it's nostalgia you know and and just kind of working through some stuff and we already know how it went and, and plus you get to hear and feel the emotion back then and now you kind of look at it with perspective like eh, whatever it's not a big deal which, in two years, that's exactly how we're going to feel about the 2019 season. We're either going to look back on it as, man, that was an awesome year, or that sucked, but whatever. Throw that in the pile of, that wasn't great. Certainly don't lie awake at night thinking about how horrible Brett Hundley was. I don't. I did in 2017. I don't right now. But anyways, we'll take our break, and um, bada bing, bada boom. Here is from December 4th, 2017. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. So I'm not really sure 
but I think I liked yesterday. I, I, I can't quite figure it out because as I'm watching it, I'm seeing this team and I'm not very happy with what I'm seeing and I'm thinking, just don't win. Just don't. I don't want this to be the team that Aaron Rodgers comes back to. I just don't. So let's just forget it because this is just an embarrassment. But as the game goes on, I'm watching it and I'm thinking, you know, this run game is really scary. And the majority of the problems are with the quarterback that's not going to be here anymore. And the wide receiver's problems are almost entirely because of this quarterback that's not going to be here anymore. I mean, Jordy Nelson, he, he looks like he's ready to quit. As much as that might be an indictment on Jordy himself, because he shouldn't be acting the way he's acting, and I, I can't be the only one that's seen it. I've been saying it since day one. He runs down the field, the ball sails over his head or whatever, and he just rolls his eyes. And it happened again this time. Another pick going deep to Jordy. They keep trying to hit that. Hundley just cannot throw deep. He the, the ball was terrible. And you see a bunch of people saying, well, yeah, but Jordy didn't even try. And it wouldn't have made a difference either way, but you can definitely see in his body language, he saw the ball sailed and he just kept jogging. He didn't care. He knew it was getting picked. He just, in his mind, he's thinking, this, this idiot. <laughs> he's just done. And that's not good for a guy that's been talking about retirement for some time now. It would be nice to get Rodgers to come back and light it up and make a push and get, get a little bit of a fire going in Jordy. I don't want him to walk away. I don't want him to get frustrated. Just, just barely tasting a Super Bowl every single year, and then Rodgers goes down, and you look, and you just see this team just playing like garbage, and you realize, man, all we have on this team is Rodgers. That's really what it's been all these years. I mean, that that's this whole thing isn't just a revelation for the fans. I, I'm sure the players are surprised too. I mean, when your team nearly gets to the Super Bowl every year, you're going around thinking you're elite. All of you, and you know, yeah, you know, our defense isn't so good, but man, oh man. Yeah, our corners aren't very good, but man, are we a good team. If we just have one or two corners, whoo, man, we'd be winning the Super Bowl every year, and then one guy one guy goes down, and none of you can play football. That's got to be a little shocking. <laughs> and you're getting bashed on Twitter, and nobody likes you anymore, and you're you're not even favorites against garbage teams. It's 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 got to be uh, a bit of a problem, and I, you know, it's got to wear on you, and I guess what I'm saying is I see it in Jordy, and that's problematic. So that's part of the reason I was ended up, I did end up being happy about the result of this, because I do think the team needs a little bit of a fire. That's the biggest problem I have with the idea of tanking. Not not from a fan perspective. If if I happen to be happy that you know, forget it. Let's just not do well. But as a coach, why you would never just tank because of the psychological effect it has on your team. Look at the Giants right now. Some people were talking about maybe they're tanking. I don't think they are. I think the GM and the coach are about to be fired. So if their plan was to tank, it's going to backfire horribly. But look at just the disarray, the mental and emotional toll that's taken place on that team. And to a smaller extent, that's been happening to the Packers because this is a shock to the system. So they need this fire. And getting back to what I was talking about before, I, in general, I really like what I saw. What I mentioned in the last podcast was we need to see, I don't, I don't remember all the points I said, but the, the two things that stood out, one was we need to see players step up outside of the same guys we've been seeing over, over and over, right? Mike Daniels, Kenny Clark, yeah, we get it. And by the way, Kenny Clark played, I had no idea. Literally right before the game, I see a, a tweet saying uh, Kenny Clark has a high ankle sprain, he's going to be out several weeks, and then the game starts, and the first play of the game, he makes a big play, and it's like, wait a minute, did that say 97? 
What is he doing on the field? So that was a little shocking. Awesome to have him back. But I said in the podcast, we need guys like Dean Lowry to step up. Guess who stepped up in a major way? Pro Football Focus's preliminary grades, which you know tend to change over time, but their preliminary grades the day after the game, he was the highest graded player on the entire team. I mean, he's got sacks, he's got touchdown, he had a great game. And he was a good football player last year. I really, really liked him, and I was excited about him. And I didn't, you know, he's one of the guys that just kind of fell off this year. He's the kind of guy we need to step up because we need more than just two defensive linemen. We needed our corners to step up. And, I, you know, I know Tampa's a tough team, and they keep giving up chunks, and it's frustrating to see early in the game those those third-down conversions where it's just whenever they play zone, it's like I don't know what it is. They're horrible at it. They're just terrible at playing zone. I don't know if it's a Dom Capers thing that he's just calling stupid stuff. But on third and six, if you allow a eight to ten yard cushion, I, I don't get it. I mean, these guys are standing seven yards down the field, wide open, just wide open. And it was the very next series, I think, the exact same thing. Third and six, third and seven, whatever. And the guy goes a yard or two past the sticks, and he's wide open. Why would that ever happen? But beyond that, I'm really starting to like our, our corners play. You know, I, I if you look at the overall of pro football focus, it's extremely encouraging because the front seven and the safeties, so you got Clinton Dix, Burnett, Martinez and Ryan, Perry, Daniels, Clark, Lowry, Matthews, every single one of these guys is average or better. That alone is awesome. I mean, this this just looks like a really good defense, but the corners grades are so damaged from such horrible play throughout the year that that's probably going to stay low all year. However, as I mentioned, the trajectory of guys like Demarius Randall are going straight up. I don't know what his grade was this week, but I thought he played well again. He just he just feels like an important piece. It, it went from earlier in the year, why is he still on the team, to this part of the year when you see him kind of limping on the sideline or he went to get evaluated for a concussion. My first thought was, oh, no, we need him. <laughs> I mean, that's that alone is a big swing. And I, you know, I've, at the very least, I've always been praising him for the fact that he's mentally extremely strong. I mean, to be the worst, one of the worst corners in the entire NFL for about two years straight, and to come back saying, "Yeah, I, th- I think I'm probably the best in the NFL. I'm about as good as anybody else." And you know, I'm I'm going to show you and all this stuff. He just keeps coming back. And he keeps coming back, and he keeps coming back, and all of a sudden, you're starting to see him string together a few. Ga- Not elite. I mean, he's not putting together Mike Daniels, Kenny Clark type games, but but better. We're seeing improvement, consistent improvement. That's hard to do mentally. Even good players who are playing well are mentally struggling because the team is doing so poorly. This guy's on a terrible team, on a team notorious for having a bad defense, and is even more notorious for having bad corners, and he is the worst corner among them, and the guy's rising above all of it and is putting together some pretty good uh some pretty good games the mental toughness in him is is has always been impressive if we can just get him and really what we're talking about beyond win next week and then get Rodgers back with the team that I saw last week if we can get these corners to just play consistently mediocre and I think we can and you know I I don't know what's going on with Kevin King I get the impression it's a pretty serious injury. There's a lot of talk about him getting put on IR and being done for the year. Um, 
as as poorly as he's played, I he's another one where I feel like he's sort of pivotal. He's put together some really good games. Uh, Devon House has too, but House has been pretty consistently bad for the last couple weeks. He, he seemed like he might have had a good game this week. We'll see. Uh, I didn't go back and watch it, nor did I see any of the grades yet. But I, I guess bottom line, that's sort of the... It feels to me like that's the last piece of the puzzle. I mean, just just look at what happened in that game. We know we have a solid run defense. Um, with Kevin King, or excuse me, with Kenny Clark and Mike Daniels, and now Dean Lowry starting to step up a little bit and having a great game this week. Hopefully that that's the other thing, consistency. We have to have consistency. If there's any regression, we're doomed. This is playoff time, and that's part of what makes a playoff team a playoff team. It's not just that everybody's getting better. It's that players are getting more consistent. Like I've said before, it's, it's the weakest link in the chain. The reason some teams are so bad is because it's, there's so much volatility. These guys that were so good last week, all of a sudden, half of them forget how to play and they get blown out. Well, what happened? Inconsistency is what happened. It's not bad team, good team. It's just inconsistent team. There's a lot of players on an individual football team. And if a bunch of them don't have a good game, the whole team is going to fall apart. So consistency is another big piece of that. And as you know, as a whole, this team is pretty solid. The problem is when you have guys like, you know, Nick Perry who are who are pivotal and had a great game as best as I can tell this past week. Clay Matthews had another great game. If guys like that regress, we can't have that. Everybody just needs to be at the top of their game. You know, Jake Ryan stepping up at the end of the year. He had another phenomenal game. He's gonna pass Blake Martinez by the end of this year as the top linebacker on this team if this continues. He's just playing out of his mind. Blake Martinez now all of a sudden is a is a cover guy. He's he's locked on to people. It's just it's incredible seeing some of these guys really step up. And Morgan Burnett, by the way, is playing and we really, really, really need him. He he we forget he is a corner on this team a lot of the time, and he is a very, very good corner. He's a very, very good safety. He's a very good everything. We know we have good wide receivers. That run game, oh my goodness. Let, let's just quickly look at the stats here. Jamal Williams ran 21 times for 113 yards and a touchdown. His longest run was 25 yards. The guy got 5.4 yards per carry, and you know, <laughs> I've said it before, the guy is, it, there's nobody more fun to watch than Jamal Williams. I mean, even before, he was about a three-yard per carry guy, uh, I didn't care. I just love what I mean, he's kind of like, kind of like Brett Favre. You take the flaws and you go, I don't care. I want to watch him play. I'll take those flaws all day. He's so much fun. He get, It's maximum effort. And I, th- I think maybe as Packer fans, and I, I'm i just going to speak for you and assume that you enjoy watching him too because I've never heard any, a negative word about him on Twitter, even with the three yards per carry and every, everything else that's going on. Everybody seems to love him, but I think maybe as a as a Packer fan base, we like him so much because of that effort. So much of what we see is just a lack of effort, right? Corners, or wide receivers getting left wide open. Why? Why? It just feels lazy, right? This good run defense that we have. It's solid for the first half, and then all of a sudden we get gashed for 20 yards. And then it's good, and then it's good, and then we get gashed for 14 yards. It just feels lazy. Like, why can't you just lock it up? Why can't you just fight every play? Even our wide receivers. You know, Rodgers has to scramble around and scramble around and wait and wait and wait and try to make this magic happen. And then he throws off his back foot and it's just in this perfect tight little window because our wide receivers can't get open. Why can't you separate? Why can't you get separation? And then Jamal Williams comes along. And this dude is nothing but effort. It's funny. I'm so happy it happened. 
because it's, I've talked about it plenty of times, and if you go to Packernet and search for Jamal Williams on the website, you'll see a breakdown I did of all of our rookie guys or whatever. And one of the things I talked about that was, you know, you probably heard me say it before, but he's he's running. It's like a minute left in the fourth quarter, and you know, one of the things he talks about is he gets stronger as the game goes on, which just gets me jacked just hearing him say that. But he breaks down the sideline and he waves on. I don't know if it's a corner or safety. He waves at him to come get him. And when the guy comes, he lowers his shoulder and just knocks right into him. I mean, he's just a violent football player. And what happened in this last game? That stiff arm toward the end of the game, it wasn't even a stiff arm. He just punched him right in the head. He just open palm punched him right in the head, took a half a second to look at him as he fell to the ground, and then kept running. And, he, you know, he's he's a guy, even before he really had a spot, I mean, he was like the third guy on the team, whatever. He was a guy dancing in the middle of the, you know, the big circle before the game. He's got, you know, dancing and doing all this. He's just high energy. He loves being on this team. He loves being a football player. He's so much fun to watch. He, he's the Brett Favre of running backs. He's tough, he's strong, he's fun, and he's pretty good, <laughs> right? I mean, he's, he's not super elusive. His vision is getting better and better. If he can get that vision going, I mean, he's got the, the one-cut thing down. The vision keeps getting better, but that power on top of it, we got a pretty good running back here. And keep in mind, this is still with this pretty banged-up, not-very-good offensive line. Lane Taylor had a good game, but he's been pretty consistently bad. Corey Lindsley's had a couple decent games. He's been pretty terrible. Jari Evans, I think, pretty had a pretty terrible game. I think he's been going downhill. Our right tackle situation is a mess. Brian Balaga was never quite right. Um, Spriggs is not good. All these guys we keep throwing at right tackle are just terrible. Our tight ends are horrible. They can't block. They can't receive. They can't do anything. David Bakhtiari is the one good lineman we have, and this guy is just taking off chunks. It's good enough. Right, and Hundley still has time in the pocket, so it's it's good enough, and, and Rodgers knows how to manipulate the pocket really well to compensate for whatever problems the offensive line might have. Not perfectly. He was getting sacked four times a game. It was a nightmare. But the offensive line is getting better, and, and more than that, we now have a run game that Rodgers hasn't had in a while. He hasn't had it all year. Right, Aaron Jones had a couple flashes and this and that, but the, the pairing of Williams and Aaron Jones is really, really exciting with Williams just being the hammer and Aaron Jones being the more elusive kind of doubles back. And that was what was kind of funny about that. That was his Aaron Jones one carry for 20 yards and a touchdown. That was his one carry. And what's funny is, you know, Williams is such a strong dude. He'll hit the hole and he'll just smack you real hard. So you gotta, gotta you really got to come in there hard. So what does Aaron Jones do? It's almost as if they set it up the whole game. They put in Aaron Jones... He sees the hole, he cuts toward it, everybody converges real hard on the hole, and he just bounces out and runs around it. Because that's what he does. He's always bouncing it and taking it to the outside, and he does really well doing that. But because the the Buccaneers have been getting smacked in the head by Jamal Williams all day, they really got to crash down on it. Maybe I'm reading too much into it, but that was my first thought when I saw that, was that they, they never saw that coming. Because Jamal Williams doesn't do that, and he hasn't done that all game, and they get this one guy in there, he just goes right around the edge, and nobody's in the vicinity. Why? Because they don't expect Jamal Williams to do that. They haven't seen the running back do that all day. So the question I had, and it, you know, there's still a lot of problems. The pass defense isn't great, but I still can feel this growth and confidence, I think maybe more so than anything. 
right? The sacks, I mean, man, was was the pass rush on fire. Mike Daniels and Kenny Clark were all fire. I mean, the, the whole, the front five, Nick Perry, Mike Daniels, Kenny Clark, Dean Lowry, and Clay Matthews. We'll call it the front five. I don't know if that's a thing. Those guys were on fire. Clay Matthews was getting sacks. Nick Perry was all over the place. Daniels and Clark were solid as always, and Dean Lowry had his best game of the year, one of the best of his career. Add in Jake and Blake. Those guys were just running around crazy. I mean, it, when was the last time you saw a defense that was this good? I mean, just in terms of the pieces, you know, it, yeah, you look at the yards and all the stats, it's not very good. Even the points aren't phenomenal. But let, let's talk about the points also, though. You want to talk about Ben Don't Break. They, they, they would not be quiet the entire time on the uh, broadcast about how much time of possession the Buccaneers had. And yeah, they were they were causing a lot of mistakes and all that stuff. But the Buccaneers had the ball for 37 minutes. 37. Now, I flipped out several games ago and the other team had it for 36. It makes me so angry to see this happen. But, but 37 minutes. And they only got 20 points. Now, now this is Packers defense here we're talking about. Think about that. You look at it and go, oh, they gave up 20. 20 is nothing in the NFL. 20 is nothing. The Denver Broncos allowed the Miami Dolphins to put up 35. I mean, 20 points is absolutely nothing anymore in the NFL. And the Buccaneers, they're, they're, they're struggling a lot. But you look at who their wide receivers are, and they have a quarterback that's capable of getting the ball to them. 20 points against this team that supposedly has these terrible corners. What this team had to do was find a run game, and they did. They needed to find guys like Dean Lowry and Jake Ryan and and uh, Demarius Randall. These kinds of guys need to start stepping up because we need more playmakers, and they did. They need the offensive line to block better. They need to block the run game better. They need to protect the passer better, and they did. The defense needs to step up and make plays. They made a lot of plays, whether it's uh, fumbles, fumble recoveries, picks, sacks, you know, third down stops, whatever it is, things things that, that can take the ball away from the Buccaneers, despite the fact that they have all this time of possession and everything else. When the play is there, you make it. And that's what the Packers are doing right. Now, again, imagine this game with Aaron Rodgers. First of all, the Buccaneers don't get 20 points. If Aaron Rodgers was on this team, the time of possession would have been in the Packers' favor. This, this could have been a 10-35 to 35 football game. This would have been an absolute blowout. With a guy getting six yards per carry and Aaron Jones mixed in, and we got these wide receivers that are actually playing well because they got Rodgers who can get the ball to them and can distribute this ball and keep drives alive rather than punting. And by, by the way, let's not forget Trevor Davis. Holy cow. Every time that guy touched the ball, the first five times he did it, he's running to at least the 35 or 40. That guy's getting better every week. Nobody wants to talk about him. He's really doing pretty well. And I don't even think he has very good blocking. I was talking to a friend of mine. It was pretty funny. He was texting me. And he's, he's like, I feel bad for that guy because every time he runs and there's always somebody on his team standing in his way. And it's not because he's blocking. He's just like, Stay, like get out of my way. Go block somebody. What are you doing here? But he's, he's doing really, really well. And that's another little small piece that matters. That's field position. That stuff matters. When was the last time you got mad at our punter because he shanked one? 
you might not hear about him booming punts and all this stuff, but at the beginning of the year, there was a lot of worry and fear about him being very inconsistent. I haven't heard any problems with the punts lately, and there's been a lot of them. Again, these are the little things that need to come together if we're going to make a run with Aaron Rodgers. And we got some tough games coming up. The Carolina Panthers are tough. The Minnesota Vikings are unstoppable. I don't know how. They don't have any players on their team, but they're unstoppable. You have to assume it's their defense. When when, uh, the Falcons put up nine points and Julio Jones basically gets blanked, they got a scary defense. But the Atlanta Falcons put up nine points on Minnesota. I... Maybe I'm being overly ambitious. Maybe I'm sounding stupid here. I genuinely believe Aaron Rodgers can and will carve them. The Minnesota Vikings put up 14 points. That's it. I think Rodgers can carve that team up. That's what I think. I think you've got... Not only do you have guys getting better, I think you've got a lot of anger and angst building up. Jordy Nelson, what happens when that... It's not just depression or whatever you want to call it. You know, frustration. It's It's frustration. And it's been building and building and building and building. This guy's not getting catches. The only catches he gets are these short little passes. And it, by the way, you know, I heard him on TV talking about, oh, that was a really nice pass. He's, he's running these short little crossing routes, and the ball is high up in the air. If you're going to throw it to him, throw it down low in a way to protect your wide receiver. You put it up in the air, and he's trying to bring it down. He's getting popped by two guys at once. He's barely touching the ball. He's getting open deep, and he can't. Uh, have a ball get thrown to him in the right place. The only time he gets these balls are these wide receiver screens or short passes where he's getting lit up by linebackers, by corners, by defensive linemen because it's so close to the line. He's just getting shredded. He's frustrated. Randall Cobb is angry. All these receivers are tight ends. Even Devontae. Let's not forget we've got a quarterback that's got a little pent-up aggression. He's been sitting on the sideline watching what's been happening. I'm not saying he's mad at Hundley. I'm just saying he wants to get back on the field. Everybody's ruling this team out. Everyone's ruling him out. They can't win. They're no good. This is what the team's been hearing all year. And I think it's a good thing. That was part of what I said before. I'm fine with the fact that we're not going to make it to the playoffs and Roger's not going to come back and all this stuff. And one of the reasons I said that wasn't just the draft pick, but the hardening of this team. Because this team relies too much on Aaron Rodgers' arm. They need to learn to come together and play as a football team. And they are. They're hardening. And let's face it, we as fans have helped a little bit too. By calling everybody garbage. Calling this team garbage. Calling McCarthy garbage. You think McCarthy doesn't want to show everybody up? Everyone talking about McCarthy needs to be fired. Dom Capers needs to be fired. How much would they love to go out and win a Super Bowl and stick it in all of our faces? Not that I've called for McCarthy to be fired outside of Dom Capers. I've been kind of iffy on it. But what I guess all I'm saying is there's a lot of pent-up aggression, and they haven't been able to unleash it. Even when Hundley's talking about it, it's like, eh, you know, we're just not able to get it going here. With Rodgers, they can get it going, and when this team gets going, they're just going to start looking to bludgeon people, and that's it. That's what this team does. It's what they've done for many, 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 many years, and they cannot wait to get back to it. With Rodgers back at the helm and the defense, too, this defense has an edge to it. It's fast, and it's very, very aggressive, and it's very, very angry. Part of it is guys like Mike Daniels bringing a different attitude to the team, but part of it is this season, 
part of it is just this defense being called garbage for so long. You got a lot. It's kind of me against the world kind of thing. That's what Demarius Randall has. Everybody says I'm garbage. I don't care. It's me against the world. A lot of people on this defense have it, and they want to show people up. And I think the talent does exist, at least as well as it needs to. Demarius Randall was a first-round pick for a reason. I keep saying that. The talent is in there somewhere. I don't exactly know what the problem is. He's had a ton of injuries. I get that. The speed is sort of an issue, but there's there's guys that have the same 40 time as Demarius Randall. And by the way, all of a sudden, what, he's fast? Because this guy's constantly in people's back pocket. I don't think it's a speed thing, necessarily anyways. I think there's there's a mental issue, maybe there's a processing issue, maybe there's a footwork issue, whatever, but he seems to be turning a little bit of a corner. With Aaron Rodgers coming back, with a passing game returning, and a lethal one at that, and the run game, by the way, right now the run game is the sole focus of defenses. They can't focus on a run game anymore, so <laughs> if we were getting five yards per carry before, what happens now? And play action? Can you imagine having Jamal, Jamal Williams smashing guys in the head, getting five yards per carry, and they pull off a play action pass? And Jordy gets deep and Rodgers can actually hit him? I'm just saying. We're not there yet. We still have to beat the Browns, and that is not a gimme, despite what everybody's saying. It's just not. Josh Gordon wasn't elite, but he instantly, on game one, is their number one wide receiver. He had like four catches for 86 yards or something. Their defense isn't horrible. And we still have Brett Hundley. And Brett Hundley still has to find a way to put up points. And and not to bring everybody down to earth, but let's think about this. Brett Hundley threw for about 80-some yards. We lean on defense and our run game. And the Browns are, at least were, I don't know currently, were the number one run defense in the NFL. If they take away our ability to run, we're left with our defense and Brett Hundley. That's scary. That should scare any and every Packer fan. I think it's very winnable. I think if Hundley just has a mediocre game, these wide receivers should be able to get open against the secondary, and our defense should be able to do some really awesome things against the Browns' offense, which is probably the worst in the NFL. But still, it's not a gimme. we got to win that game. But if we win that game, and if Rodgers comes back against Carolina, I, I, I think at that point... This is playoff football. At this point, it's still kind of, you know, what is this team? Still asking the question, are they even good enough to be in the playoffs? Are they good enough to make a run? You know, is, is it even worth it at this point? That's kind of where I'm at still. And the Browns is another kind of ability to grow and to harden and become better. And when we get to Carolina, that's all done. We're either ready or we're not. Demarius Randall is either going to play good or he's not. Dean Lowry is either consistently a good football player or it was just a fluke because now it's go time because now we have to win out and we have to win out against very good teams we got carolina who is eight and four and we have to play them in carolina incredibly 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 difficult game it's going to be nice to have rogers back but he's going to be injured for a very long time we can't expect him to be primo aaron Rodgers. we need this team to be able to show us we can win without you 
Not saying without, obviously Rodgers needs to be a big part of it, but it can't be all Rodgers. We're either ready to play as a team, we've got a solid run defense, we've got a much improved pass defense, we've got this new lethal run game, we've got, you know, these this offensive line has been together for a while now, we've kind of got this thing figured out, we're ready to go. The wide receivers are so excited, they're fired up, we need to be ready. The other good part of this is, if we get in, we deserve to be in. If we get in, it's because we ran the table and we did it against the uh, eight and four Carolina Panthers in Carolina. We beat the ten and two Minnesota Vikings, and we beat the Detroit Lions in Detroit, which is always a difficult game. So that, I mean that that's that's it. If we deserve to get in, we're going to get in. If we don't, we won't. If this team is good enough to beat the best, then we're going to get in. And the great thing is, if we're in. We can beat just about anybody. And we just we just knocked out Carolina, the Vikings, and Detroit at home. So what, we gotta beat Seattle? Not like we haven't done that already, right? What else do we have to do? I, I I'm I'm just saying it's it's exciting because you look at it and you say there's four games left and it's realistic that we get in. And if we get in, there's no reason to say that it's not realistic to get to and possibly win the Super Bowl. If we're not good enough to win the Super Bowl, we're not going to get in the playoffs because we're not going to beat Carolina and we're not going to beat the Vikings. So, anyways, overall, I was pretty happy with what I saw. We saw um, exactly what I said we needed to see. We needed to see a run game. We needed to see people step up. We needed to see the team make plays when the plays are in front of you, and we saw that. The biggest deficiency we have right now is our quarterback, and that's exactly what we're hopefully going to be getting rid of um, by the end of... uh, well, by week 15 anyways. And the issues with the wide receivers also get fixed at that time. Everything else, though, I've, I've been pretty pretty happy with. Now, you can get upset about the yardage and all this stuff, but again, they had the ball for 37 minutes. The defense is getting a little tired at that point. Um, but that's it. That was, those were my thoughts. Um, took me a while to form them. After the game, I couldn't decide if I was happy or upset with what I saw, but I think the more I thought about it, the things that I needed to see, I did see. So... Um, next week we got the Browns. It should be a very winnable game. And um, after that, the, the biggest news of the entire season is going to be the results of Aaron Rodgers' uh, x-rays to see how his uh, collarbone is healing. That's going to be huge. Um, it's, 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 we're right back to where we always were. You know, it's, it's, I cannot believe after, after the season we've had, after loss, after loss, after loss, after loss, after loss, we come back and we're sitting here, um, a, a, a 500 team saying we're about to run the table again right it's unbelievable what this team does every single year even with brett huntley at the helm we're still sitting in that situation so you folks have yourselves a great monday and i will talk to you later Bye bye <laughs>